0: I just remember having this desire to create something with my hands. I never considered myself a crafty person. I used to define that as someone who either sews, crochets, blows glass in their garage, you know what I mean? Like has clay pottery projects in the basement. And I'm the type of person where science fair projects that the kids bring home gives me anxiety. Any kind of project they bring home gives me anxiety. But As I deepened my connection to my feminine energy, I realized that I am a craftswoman just in different ways. I love to cook delicious, savorful meals. I, I love to make my own cold and flu medicine for myself and family. I bottle essential oil rollers. So once I got out the mindset that I am an intuitive craftswoman, now the question was, well, what do I wanna make? What do I want to create? What do I want to offer to the world? And that's when I started learning more about floral water, also known as Florida water. Floral water is a citrus-based astringent with notes of essential oils, flowers, herbs, and spices. Its recipe dates back to the 1800s when it was properly used here in the US as cologne water for aftershaves, laundry freshening, and soft perfumes. But enslaved Africans would repurpose this cologne for their own spiritual work in secret, especially since they were forbidden to worship their own deities. Floral water became a staple in the spiritual resistance of hoodoo and Santeria practices and rituals. Today, floral water has over 22 uses with both spiritual and practical purposes. Now, you can use floor water as an aftershave, but I prefer to use it as a facial toner. In the morning after I had a hot shower, I wash my face and I'll take a cotton ball, dip it in the floor water, and just dot it all over my face to deep clean and tighten my pores. Also if I haven't gotten enough sleep or it could just be a full moon and I had a juicy cry session. I'll take the cotton balls of floor water again and put a little pressure with it under my eyes to reduce the puffiness. And spiritually, I pour some floor water on my altar, hashtag ancestors love floor water period. Like it's a vibe, they really love it, they do, it's a familiar scent. Put it on your altar as an offering to your guides. If you're not feeling so woo-woo and you just want to protect your energy, you want to clear any negative stagnant energy in the room, you can spray floor water around you at home or on the go for some negative energy distancing. Okay, can we talk about that? Six feet, keep that over there. Keep your energy clear, okay? Keep it unbothered, untouched. If you can't tell, I really love this product. I did my own research. I put my Ricky Love all over and in this bottle. Each batch of floor water has been brewed for at least 3 months before bottling, infused with herbs such as cloves, hyssop, valerian root, lavender, chamomile, rose petals, all with the intention of holding high vibrational concentration. You can learn more and shop the seasonal blends of floral water today on my website, www.theflowup.com. Now, let's get on with the show. Hey, 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 what's going on? What's up? We're at another episode of The Flow Up. Thank you for pressing play. I am your host, Jarrell Simpson. If you're new here and this is your first time listening, welcome. If you are a returning listener, hey, I see you, welcome back. My name is Jarrell Simpson. I am a yoga and Reiki practitioner tarot reader, wife, mom of three, and lover of healing practices. I wanna get into it. I wanna know how we can heal ourselves, how we can heal in community, and all of that jazz. Now, this is episode 11, entitled, How to Do Yoga with Your Kids. Okay, let me stop adding the show. How to do yoga with your kids. Okay, <laughs> that's the correct title. And I was literally dying to do this episode for two years now because we've been in a pandemic kids have been home e-learning and the dynamic in a lot of homes have changed and we're all trying to adjust and make it work and I wanted to kind of tap more into yoga with kids. Even though I'm a yoga instructor, to be 100% transparent, I don't do yoga with my children as often as I would like. So I wanted to have a conversation with Nubia Henderson, who is the founder of Kids Jam. She's really awesome with kids and doing yoga. And I just wanted to get some tips, tricks, be inspired so that I can uh, take some stuff home and do yoga with my children because we all need it. Like, kids are stressed out too. Um, there's a lot of different shifts and adjustments that have been thrown their way and we have to make sure that they have some kind of tools to help process it and also just to spend time with them in an intentional way. Y'all, it's been it's been real. Um, but I, I have to apologize again before playing this episode because the audio is... It's trash, okay? Like, I'm just... It's not trash, but it is compost, okay? It can be used, but it ain't what you want in your house, like on your counter. Okay. Like it's not ideal. Um, What happened was I was really, I've been trying to record more with interviews and bring more guests on the show. And it's just a different experience with me recording by myself solo than, and recording with another person. This episode is also on YouTube. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can watch there if you like. But I was trying to figure out how to both live stream on YouTube and also record through the editing software so that I can upload it on the podcast. And that is something that kept me up all night. I really tried to figure it out and I just got to a point where I said, you know what, I'm just going to show up how it is. Um, maybe not use the mic that I want to use, uh, compromise my audio quality just to get it done and just to see what happens. And it just so happens that once I recorded the show, we recorded it, it went great. It was a great conversation. And when I was done with the, um, with the YouTube, I noticed that I can just download the audio and Uploaded to my software. I didn't have to live stream and sync it. So it really was a lesson for me to kind of just do it. Just kind of if you get to a point where you hit a roadblock, do it anyway, go through it anyway. And the lesson could be on the other side of that completion. Let's just get into the episode. This is episode number 11 How to Do Yoga with Your Kids, featuring Nubia Henderson of Kids Jam. This is a really special episode I have for you today. I am so excited to have with us Nubia Henderson of Kids Jam Yoga. Listen, y'all, this show is all about how to do yoga with your kids. We got quarantine going on. We have kids spending more time at home Added levels of stress with the family and the kids with COVID and what's next and all the new changes. So, I thought it would be a perfect time to have a conversation about how we can access yoga with the family, make it natural, make it fun, and add it to our own family practices. So, with us is Miss Nubia Henderson, founder of Owner of Kids Yoga Jam here in Chicago. Um, thank you for being here, Nubia,
1: first of all. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. <laughs> yes, it is.
0: I is. We've been friends for a while. And I've been wanting to have you on the show for a long time to just talk about yoga and kids because I know that that is a whole thing. And it just felt really purposeful to have this conversation now so when yeah. you reached out and I was like I literally was just thinking about you because uh, I'm like I'm at home with my kids and my son plays his video games my daughter is doing the same thing I'm doing my work and the days and the days just catch up with us and I'll say okay we're gonna do yoga Friday night and it's just like something that I always push to the back burner so yeah. I wanted to talk with you to just get inspired about doing kids doing yoga with kids but first i want to know like what got can you talk a little bit about your yoga journey and how it started cuz when i was in yoga teacher training <laughs> we briefly talked about kids yoga and i remember the uh, instructors were like that's a whole thing. Okay. That's a whole nother thing. We literally spent five minutes talking about kids.
1: Yoga. Wow. Uh,
0: maybe I'm exaggerating, but it was just like, that's its own thing. So I wanted to hear a little bit about, you know, your yoga journey and what made
1: you niche down to kids yoga. That's a great question because in my yoga journey, no one talked about kids yoga and I definitely didn't know that it was a thing at all. Um, so let me think it's 2021 so I've been teaching yoga almost oh wow almost 12 years I've been practicing yoga since 2006 I don't know how many years it is so when I um went through my training process you know I was teaching at studios um I got cool opportunities to be in commercials and it was actually like the recession was going or the, the first recession as they call it and I ended up I moving into Atlanta. And so I, I was teaching even more. And one of the opportunities uh, where I got to teach was at um, this uh, sports camp for teens. And it just felt really good after mm. that. You know, it's kind of like you you just know you're supposed to be doing something because um, if you practice yoga, you know, they talk about Ay- Ayurveda and the doshas. And my dosha is Vata. Right, Mm, so I'm, yeah, I'm the yogi that's like coming in class. I'm rolling out my mat right before the teacher, you know, says, uh, "Let's let's bring our palms together." That's right. And I just I have that playful energy, and it just felt good to me to teach kids and for not have to be so like strict as that has become the culture in some studios. And Mm -hmm. you know, it was just about being and being present? And what am I learning? And what am I bringing? What are we exchanging? How can we have fun? And so I think it was just innately the feeling of me knowing mm-hmm. that because it resonated with, you know, who I was. So it allowed me to, one, still do my work, but it allowed me to also fully show up and yeah. who I'm called to be. So I just, I after that, I just knew. And, um, and it wasn't just that, like, After that experience, I also, so at the time, when I started teaching more yoga in Atlanta, I was in production. And so it was really a part of, like, the big shift of, like, how do I put all the things of me and who I want to be, like, how do I put it all together? Mm And, uh, you know, it was to teach. And I loved kids. And so teaching kids yoga wasn't immediately evident as, like, this is going to be my career. It was more like let me, I know how to do events, so I'm going to put together a kids yoga conference event, and I'm going to do all this stuff, and in the middle of all my plans, well, God's plan happened, and I have a mm. right, yes, I have a baby, <laughs> and um, yeah, and so um that, I feel like really um, just solidified me wanting to teach yoga because I felt like it was so important. It was so important then to impart the thing that I felt like I was missing and that I needed. Um, So that's, that's really kind of what got me into teaching kids yoga. And then I would say once I started, I realized, oh, okay, my work is really beginning. And this is my path because there's something truly for me to learn as I'm you know, raising my daughter, but also as I'm teaching children and interacting with them and figuring out how to, um, be patient. That's non-judgment, you know, like we Mm -hmm. we have faces because whether it's little people and they do surprising things or as teenagers and they do, you know, things that are different than how we were brought up, it, it put me in a place of non-judgment, you know? So, um, So, yeah, that's.
0: I, I love that. I love how you talk about just your experience and how the comfort and the feeling that was enough for you to know that this is where you're supposed to be. Like, how beautiful is it to just follow your feeling of intuition? We try to do that so much. I was looking at a clip and it was Kiki Palmer talking about, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. She was like, I make, she's, she is a gem. She's a whole vibe. But she was like, I don't know what I'm doing. She was like, I make decisions as I go and I follow how I feel, what makes me feel good and where I should be now. I check in with myself and I say, why am I doing this? And I just follow brick by brick. And I was like, that is, that is so beautiful. That's what,
1: When you just described that, it reminded me of that. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes, (laughs) you know, it it gets to be a lot. But yeah, I I appreciate you sharing that reminder because it's something that I've been working on lately just in terms of like mindset and being present and not going back over or second guessing. It's like Mm. what's present in this moment. So I really, yeah, I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that. Yay!
0: Okay, so switching gears a little bit into what kids yoga is. um, Can you talk about the major differences between kids yoga and yoga that you may see in a traditional adult class? Because a lot of times I see children doing full vinyasa um, sequences and I'm like, is that the goal? Like what should kids yoga look like?
1: That's a great question. And I feel like, and this is just my philosophy. Mm-hmm. There is not one way that it's going to look, but mm-hmm. it doesn't look like how we've it in the U.S. for our standard yoga studios, you know? Okay. Um, kids yoga, first and foremost, I would say is about play. You know, like what child doesn't like to play? And that play is really defined by that child and what they like. You know what their mm. interests are, what their motivations are, and so that's that's a key element of children's yoga is that um, play. Mm. And if you mm. don't want to use the word play, that seems too, you know, lofty. Let's go with curiosity, right? Mm. Everybody possesses a, a curiosity, and definitely children of all ages like we have an innate curiosity about ourselves. So. That's a big element of um, Mm -hmm. children's yoga. What
0: are some of the benefits of doing yoga with your kids?
1: Some of the main benefits, because I I wrote down a note. Um, Play, of course, is a major component. Um, Also connection. You know, when you tap in and you connect to your inner child, it allows you to be able to hold greater space for your little one. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also just helps for you to be able to Spend that quality time and literally, you know, yeah. um, connect with them. Understand um, how they express their feelings, um, little nuances as it relates to their behavior and how they interact with their environment. So that is key, and that's important because it also helps with their self regulation. Um, mm-hmm. And this actually ties into what you asked earlier. I would say a big element that's different. In my kids' yoga classes that I teach versus the standard one is, um, you know, uh, the high energy moment and the low energy moment and creating that balance. Whereas adult yoga classes, you know, there's more of a progression, like we're building up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I guess in a sense, we're building up to a peak and then we're coming back down. But mm-hmm. yoga classes are similar in that way, where they have, you know, um, shorter bursts. So we're going to see what it is to take our energy up, and then we're going to practice taking it down. And so the the rhythm, if I create a visual, yeah. like a wave, you know, they learn that on their own. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. And I think that that kind of mirrors the energy of a child anyway. They have these high peaks and these low peaks and they can go from they can go in a short period of time, transition yep. from one uh, high to another end. So, I think that that is a cool way to just match their energy because you have, you know, parents who are like, you know, my kid goes a mile a minute. You know, how do parents who may feel like their child won't sit still for yoga, like, what advice can you give for them, for people
1: who may be like, okay, my kid is not gonna do that. Yeah they don't expect them to still I always tell parents that like I as a teacher I'm not expecting any child to just sit perfectly on their mat and not move I fully mm. expect them to be you know to be active um and being active is different of course than being uh, disruptive but that can also happen and it mm. is where that happens you know in a fun way I'll lay out I would say sometimes guidelines more, more often. It's in a school than a regular family class. But as an example, I could say, um, you know, we're all on our magic carpets. Let's make sure we have glue on our bottoms and we're going to sit on our carpets um, unless we have an opportunity to move around. And so if I know I have a class of movers, then I'm going to work with that, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, to teach self-regulation, we got our magic carpets, we, our glue is on our bottoms, but then I'm going to allow us to fly around. We're going to travel on these these mats, you know, and then I'm going to count us down and we're going to come back to our seat so, or our mat. So, yeah, it's, it, it's little by little and you know, sometimes it's closeness, that proximity, that connection and just checking in to See what's needed. Um, if I'm working in the school, right, it's different than me working with my own daughter. So then I really do have to kind of check in and see what their temperament is if they need something, you know, they need extra support. And then I've got to build that level of trust and connection with them because I'm not their parents. Mm. So it's um yeah, it's a process. It's a it's a lot, it's a different challenge than an adult class, but it's one that I really um relish in because I feel like it's very heart centered, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. It is, it's
0: really special. To see or to watch children uh, having so much fun and being free. I know I had a, um, a small experience um, teaching in uh, Harvey Public Schools with children, and everybody was surprised at how engaged the children were. And I'm like, all we have to do is just give them the space, let yeah. them express themselves especially when they're spending so much time in a school day at a desk and following orders and sitting up straight it's like this is all they need and i just love the analogies that you have it just speaks to your experience so well with the magic carpet (laughs) and the glue on the bottom because i'm like oh if i had glue on my bottom i would stay in my seat It gives those you know fun visuals and i think it speaks to also kids liking directions. They do want to follow uh, directions. And it sounds like you just have fun, creative ways for them to
1: do that. So that's so cool. Yes. Um, you have to have fun. Fun is the key. That's why mm-hmm. I said play, curiosity, you know, because um, there are just going to be moments where there are challenges and you have to be able to be flexible and adjust and be creative, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: So, um, what are some things, when you talk about adjustment, uh, what are some things that you can do to get maybe teenagers or older children excited? I think little kids, you know, are easy to lure with glitter and ribbons and, you know, magic carpets. But what about teenagers?
1: Like, how can you get them excited about doing yoga? You must have been reading my mind because I I literally was going to give an example. I had um, an opportunity on Monday. And the client requested a circle and a 30-minute yoga session, right? So I said, okay. And it was a really quick turnaround because usually I like to get more information so that I can know what to do, how to be prepared. And I spoke to the teachers. They were concerned. I'm like, we got this. It's cool. When I tell you, I, as a teacher, will prefer children that um, are almost like talking out or acting out versus being like silent. (laughs) <laughs> like, okay, what are we doing here? So what I would say is, you know, I I always am going to start with connection. I'm always going to find out what's going on with them, give them the floor. But as a teacher, I learned a valuable lesson on Monday in that if they don't want to talk, then you just got to get moving. And they're either going to get with you or they're not. And when I say get moving, I'm still like, you know, Checking in with them, I had a whole fun sequence plan. Like, we were going to do a human carousel and all this. They were like, We don't want to touch, not a mm. problem. You know, we're doing our um, sun salutations. They're like, Oh, this hurts. Cool. We'll just stay on our mats. You know, so I'm still mm-hmm. checking in and I'm still vibing, but I had to keep it moving. And a young lady who was sitting directly to my right, I mean, she was extremely quiet, pass on the circle. Um, all the guys were gamers, but they were actively participating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was because I think, you know, teens, they still know they in eight weeks need to breathe. They want to move. They want to try new things. So I say get with it, you know, and offer some challenges. You know, older children are a little bit different. So some sometimes you can hold movement. So we did some plank holds. You know, I use a lot of positive affirmation. And so I think that's really the key when it comes to older kids, connecting with them, hearing what it is they need, asking questions and being responsive um, while affirming and offering challenges. So that's what I would say with, with the team. OK, thank you. That's really good advice. Um,
0: I like how you go to connection um, because it's preparing you to be open to see what is it that is resonating, what isn't resonating, and you can be mindful and move from there. So it sounds like you have, like, a lot of tools (laughs) in your toolbox. Yes, yes.
1: (laughs) And you know what? I also want to share this um, because after sessions I take notes, and this was crucial, and I was like, oh, I'm going to tell people this. Because I checked in with the students, a key reason to also why they were so non-responsive. We were meeting in the morning. They needed to eat. Mm. And so as a yoga instructor, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not going to offer you hot Takis and Doritos. Mm -hmm. But that's what the client had available. Nice enough it was for her kids. I was like, well, yeah. And so forget the yoga poses. I've got to figure out how to meet these children's needs. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's take a break. Let's take a bathroom break. Let's get these Doritos and hot Takis going. Let's get something because Mm -hmm. if you're hungry, right, and you're meeting someone new or a new experience, you don't really want to engage with that because your first need is I need to get food in my belly and that's where your mind is at, right? Mm -hmm. Forget how it's not processing even what's happening, but it's on meeting your direct needs. So that's another key piece I would say. You know, teens, even little kids, little kids are a little bit more vocal when the need comes up, but you know, make sure that the team's basic needs are met, you know, when you when you check in. Because I think that's that will also help with the connection piece. Hey folks, I just wanted to take a quick break from the episode to
0: tell you that the flow up is now on Patreon. I'm really excited about this. This is the first supportive membership platform that I've ever been on. And I have to admit at first I was a little anxious about it because I'm not really the type of person that asks for help or asks for support. That's been one of my things that I'm working on. And so um, as I step more into to my confidence and my own abundance I, I feel very comfortable asking for your support and I think you may want to check it out I've got three different tiers each named after my favorite crystal of course and they all come with a financial contribution that really helps keep the show up and running every month there's licensing and uh, production fees and keeping my show on its hosting platform and it just it really kind of adds up your contributions also help sustain me as a creator to help me stay committed to my creative work so um, I, I' really appreciate you checking it out go to patreon.com backslash the flow up and check out what I have to offer y'all I'm gonna be doing uh, behind the scenes of how I record the podcast bloopers deeper dives into some of the interview guests that I have if you're interested in some of my intuitive work I'll be doing Live streams of tarot, answering tarot questions, and also giving personal tarot readings right there in the live on Patreon. I'm also excited about doing special yoga segments and focusing on a particular part of the body and offering various videos to help bring flow back into the mind, body, and spirit. So these will all be on the different tiers. Go check it out. I'm super, super excited about it. One of the things I'm really excited about is hosting my full and new moon rituals exclusively on patreon with the top tier which is the amethyst tier all-inclusive you'll get to connect with me live for a new and full moon ritual where we'll journal we'll set intentions we'll release some things and really have a community space to gather so i've never done this before in this way i'm super nervous but super excited about it at the same time Time. and if you are able to make a monthly contribution you can go to patreon and make a one-time contribution every little bit really truly does help and if you're not in the space to contribute financially at all, I totally get it. Um, but I would also love if you leave me a review. It's completely free. You can go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review if you really enjoyed the show. Let me know which episode you listened to and what gym you held on to. Um, give me some advice for what you want to see in the future. I love to read stuff like that. So go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star review, um, and it really also just helps boost the show's Visibility to reach more listeners, which in turn helps me as a creator. So that's it. That's all. Patreon, Apple Podcasts, support this show. Now let's get back into the episode. Um, I was checking out like common questions from uh, what people are Googling about kids yoga, and I found it wasn't a lot of questions, a lot of, there were two major things. The first thing that I saw, um, which was, how do you explain yoga to preschoolers? That was like a big question. And I don't know if you need to explain it. Like, I think you talked about, you know, um, the metaphors and creating different worlds for kids, but is there any other, way that uh parents
1: can explain it to their little ones you know that's that is actually a really great question because i don't know i'm sorry that's my that's my mat yeah no worries i was like what i I don't know how to turn it off right that's my that's i don't know how to turn it off Mm -hmm. um to preschoolers i don't know that i have explained it but actually okay this is because i'm like you want explain it i have you know my song yoga time mm-hmm. i think it's more, mm-hmm. yeah with little kids i feel like it's more um you modeling it because to a preschooler i'm definitely not explaining to them you know yoga means yo neck me mind and body and mm-hmm. i may say that but then i'm gonna say hey i'm gonna teach you this song and it's you know what time is it it's yoga time what time is it? It's yoga time. What time yeah. is it? It's time to breathe and stretch and free our minds. So that's that's how I explain. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love
0: it. I think it just in a fun, creative way. Songs seem to be really good with young children. Things that yeah. rhyme. Uh,
1: everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool.
0: Um, so as far as like administrators, I know a lot of. Uh, mindfulness uh, programs in schools are becoming more and more popular, and um, it seems like uh, facilities want to have yoga classes and yoga sessions in their in their school and give it give it access to their students. Uh, what is some advice that you can give for administrators who are looking to add kids yoga to the curriculum?
1: Let's see. I would say. <laughs> Service the teachers first. Hmm. I would say service the teachers first because everybody, again, going back to like basic needs, like we're still in a pandemic and there are teachers that come from different generations, different backgrounds, you know, different current family home environments. And they have a lot that they are dealing with before they come to school. So as much support as Hmm. schools can provide the teachers, the better because then that will allow them to hold space for the children with with what they're coming to school with. Right? Um, Just like having an agenda and then just adding yoga in the agenda or thinking that it's, um, you know, like a a big Band-Aid, I think is not. Yes, yes, yes.
0: I'm so happy you said that because I remember when I was teaching in a school, And it felt like that's the approach they had towards yoga, being a band-aid. I think I may have literally used that, like, okay, this is going to fix everything. Do yoga. And it's just like, you know, they would just snap their finger. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But there's a whole structure that's in the school that kind of goes against the structure of yoga. Like, especially (laughs) when you try, like, they had yoga replaced gym. So I had a gym teacher working with me, bless his heart, but he was kind of standing over me and like, as I'm doing my class, he's telling all the kids, okay, get on your mat, get in, get in line, uh, stop fidgeting. And I'm just like, I had to tell him like, hey, you know, that's fine. You know, they're not going to sit still. They're going to wiggle as long as I still have their attention. Nobody is, right? you know, breaking the yoga. <laughs> but exactly. It was just like every five minutes. He's like, you know, correcting these children that, who are really not being that distracted. They're just sitting down. So um, I love how you just talk about listen, this is not a band-aid. Like, let, let it be what it is, let it grow in its natural process. It's not something that's gonna happen overnight. Um, I think people do need to uh, adjust their expectations when it comes to like yoga working with their kids.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, um, and this is just in general, it's not even about yoga, but in dealing with the school system, I feel like the reason that yoga is so crucial for our children is for them to develop their own self-awareness and for people to understand that the practice is self-regulatory and self regulation occur on command and you know from external forces or pressure you know it 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 happens intrinsically when you feel safe and supported and you're aware of one what's happening in your body in relation to your environment you know what I'm saying and being able to access tools to help you feel safe and supported in your body you're not, you know, if your environment externally for whatever reason isn't safe, you can pull within your own internal resources how to do that. And yeah, I I, I, yeah, I have been that teacher that has been <laughs> like, OK, Johnny, is, okay, we off the map. But like it's like I can't help them help themselves if there is someone intervening who really just kind of needs to check in with themselves as well and take this as a break to not have to worry about 23 children you know yeah yeah it's yeah definitely and I
0: love how you spoke just earlier too about um, prioritizing teachers and making sure that they're good first because it is kind of like just how we mirror parenting as far as taking care of ourselves in order to be present and whole for our children Um, it's that same mindset Yes. when it's a teacher student so thank you for bringing light to that Um what resources can you share for folks that want to start doing yoga with their kids like
1: today? (laughs) Today. Well, of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer them to me, of course. Yes. Yes, as you
0: can see, she is the mother of yoga. I love it.
1: Oh thank you. Thank (laughs) you. Um I would say if they want to start. I, I would say start with themselves. Like so I I could give tons of of other resources um and and books. I'm trying to like even think. Uh actually there's one that's called Mindful Moves, a new book that I think is really great. Um, that's out. There is another book called Um Our Family Is Doing Yoga. And these are by um, you know, some of our contemporaries. Um the other book is I am Enough that's by Grace Byers that's a book of affirmations and these books I'm recommending one because uh, mindful moves specifically has tools for meditation, breathing, postures, um, you know gratitude but I also don't want to give too many um, videos like if you're looking looking for something in terms of instruction on breath work, wonderful. But I will focus less on specifically doing postures and just more on setting the time, the time aside and connection. Um, my personal uh, philosophy and it's what I infuse in the kids jam, right? So kids jam comes from uh, my early business idea of working with children, right? Before I was just like, this is all the things and all me, and so. The jam was really jumping and moving, right? And then the extra M is mindfully. And so kids jam is was really kids jumping and moving mindfully. And then the double entendre with the jam because music, because kids are not going to be still. And so <laughs> you know, rhythm and rhyme is is their theme. So it's really whatever your jam is, right? That's mm. like, It doesn't have to be a yoga pose. Your family's jam could be, we about to go outside and we about to play this basketball game, right? And that's our jam and that's our time, but really let it be your time. Oftentimes you will see me and Zahara dancing and that is our jam, right? That's our thing. That's our time. That's important. But that's what the yoga starts to look like when you figure out and you practice your jam and like really being conscious about that time um, working on that connection and being intentional with the space that you're sharing with your children. So it doesn't have to look like we're, you know, we're all Zen yogis and we're going to do this. <laughs> not, not what it's about, you know? And if, if that's your jam, cause, cause we are actually practicing yogis, then you do that. Mm-hmm. But if that's not your thing, cause I know plenty of people who like to walk, go on a meditative walk with your child, connect with nature, all of this is yoga. Yoga is so many different limbs. You know, mm-hmm. the asanas are just one and focusing on the asanas and all the branches and categories and brands like kids is my brand, somebody else might be like, Nope, not mine. So that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I would say start being intentional with creating that connection and If if it's one yogic tool that I say, you know, uh, bring in, it's the breath piece. And, you know, that's that's my advice on how to get started. Start carving out the time and remember your breath, like come back to that moment and being present and work on that presence with your child. And that practice is going to continue to grow and, and continue to evolve.
0: I love that. I love that so much. Starting with you, starting where you are right now, what it is that your family likes to do together and being intentional about holding that space. Like you said, that time is important. And I thought that that was so beautiful to to share because, you know, our kids want to feel special and they want to feel like they hold a special part in our day. Um, So, you know, so when you say, hey, this is our un- uninterrupted time. It, I, this is just as important as me going to work or just as important as me running my errands and things like that. Our time holds that more importance. And like you said, we're mirroring exactly what we want them to do with their lives, prioritizing time for themselves and uh, for their peace amongst everything that is going on. So absolutely beautiful. Yes, very, absolutely. very, very beautiful. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to share? You have dropped so many gems. I am so excited <laughs> to go through this episode and pull them out and highlight them because um, you've you definitely got me to think about some things, especially as far as being intentional with my family. Um, you think as a yoga instructor that we be doing yoga. I be doing yoga with my kids all the time, but it, all transparency is just not the case. I want to do more. And so that is uh, one of my goals for next year. And, um, thank you for just sharing uh, your, your wisdom, um, uh, because it's, um, it's, it's given me some things to think about. And I hope that it's done the same for our flow of
1: listeners. <laughs> is yep. there anything? You- yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I want you to be so gentle with yourself because since I have, oh, you know, watch from afar, yes, you are practicing yoga. You are, but I, I know <laughs> what you mean, and like, you know, you want to get into the poses and the fun of it. Yeah. I I, I yeah. you know, hey, <laughs> Thank you. Amazing.
0: I do. I do need to be gentle with myself. You're right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, anything else you want to share? Tell the people where they can find you, where they can connect with you further, um, especially for administrators. Um, here in the city or however, digitally, if you offer services, just how can people connect with you and learn more about what you have to
1: offer? Thank you. Yes, I definitely would say um, one more thing that I wanted to add because we touched on it a little bit in terms of what we can do as parents, but I've, I really found like the self-care piece for us. So the family time, uber important. Our time is uber important and our kids knowing and seeing that we take that time is uber important because yes. that also teaches them about what it looks like to cultivate a practice, you know, of self-care and self-awareness. So um wanted to drop that there and on that on that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. You have to put the exclamation point on that part. I get yes, it. Yes. That is, that's the highlight.
1: <laughs> How can people get in contact with you? I can be reached at www.nubialivesyoga.com there'll be a link there for you to connect on our website and to put your email also on Instagram at Nubia Lives um, and at Kids Jam so yes and also um, Facebook at Kids Jam
0: Yes. Um, Connect with Nubia. She's a very warm spirit, uh, very easy to talk to. As you can see, lots of information as well. Um, So definitely stay connected. Um, I'm excited uh, to see what 2022 has for Kids Jam and everything that Nubia Lives Yoga has to offer. Um, So thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. Um and
1: uh, any last words? I would say self love. Self love is the key to community. Mm-hmm. That's why I usually end every class. Um mm-hmm. and um and I'm so proud of that, right? Because as a as a teacher, sometimes you're trying to find your voice, mm-hmm. and I know that's part of my mission is to impart self love to um, children to mamas, to papas, to everybody. And just remember that that is the key to you connecting to yourself and your community. So
0: that's so good, Yes. What a beautiful way to end this conversation. Thank you again, Nubia, so much. Yes, too. And you. I hope you have a happy new year, happy holiday. Yay. Um For you and your beautiful family. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you for listening to today's episode make sure to follow me on instagram at the flow up you can even follow my personal page at dreadlock yogi that's d-r-e-a-d-l-o-c-k Y-O-G-I, and connect with me further. Slide in the DMs. The DMs are open. I love to chat with listeners. Also, you can go to my website, theflowup.com, to shop Flora Water, to listen to more episodes of the podcast, to book private uh, readings with me, just, just to get a vibe. Come connect with me there. Also, don't forget to check the show notes for all the resources mentioned in this episode. And I will see you guys next week. Peace and be well.